0: Good evening Maranatha. Welcome in Jesus name. So glad to have each and every one of you with us this morning. Merry Christmas. Let's try that again. Merry Christmas. There you go. Say it like you mean it. So again glad you could join us this evening. Uh, today's service is pretty uh, self-sustaining. I won't be up here introducing each hymn and each scripture reading, Uh, so scripture readers, you know who you are, and uh, we'd invite you to make your way up during the the refrain or the last verse of the song before and be ready uh, to read God's word, and then we'll go right on to the next hymn and so on and so forth. Uh, We will be taking an offering this evening, and our offering, uh, we'll be taking it during the hymn, What Child Is This?, and it's going to be split between uh, the ministries of the New Life Center uh, here in Fargo moorhead and the Ark, our Association Retreat Center in Osceola, Wisconsin, and again that'll be uh, during the hymn. Uh, I invite you all again if you do not have uh, plans to uh, come back tomorrow morning for worship nine thirty our normal Sunday morning worship service. it'll be a different service from this one, so no, it won't just be candlelight service at uh, you know ten o'clock, uh, but it'll be uh, a worship service, and you're again uh, welcome to uh, come and join us for that. I also do want to say uh, thank you uh, to you, the congregation, for uh, upholding our family in, uh, in your prayers last week. Our, uh, our six-month-old son, Cademan, was taken to the hospital with a kidney infection, and I think we were in the hospital four or five days, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, the uh, antibiotics that he was getting are, are doing uh, their work, and they're actually we're actually here today, and so you probably will hear him during the service at some point. <laughs> but uh, so again, just thank you for the way that you have prayed and supported us uh, during this last couple of weeks. I don't think there are any other announcements, so I will call on the Ebner family for the lighting of the Christ candle.
1: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him. Was not anything made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God.
2: And the world became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have been his glory. Glory has of the only Son from the Father full grace and truth. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. On this most holy and joyous night, we light only one candle on our advent wreath. We light the center candle, the Christ candle, acknowledging the, that he only is our hope, our peace, our joy, and our love.
1: Let's pray. Gracious and mighty king we celebrate your goodness to us as we join the triumph and joy of Christmas as your love has been revealed in all of its fullness we pray that love may abound in our hearts during this special day grant us the spirit of Christ that we may live in his fullness of his character every day in his name we pray amen.
3: Our first reading tonight is from Isaiah 9, verses 1, 6, and 7. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea, on the other side of the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn.
4: This will be assigned to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those who, on whom his favor rests. next reading is from Luke 2 verses 5 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone to, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see what this thing, what, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they, tur- so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning about what they had been told them about this Jesus. And all who had heard it were amazed at the, what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard, heard and seen, which were just as they have been told.
0: you join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for sending your son so long ago to die for us. And as we're reminded in that last hymn, nails, spears shall pierce him through the cross be born for me, for you, for for all of us. We thank you for what this night means, not just uh, the birth of, of a baby, but the birth of our Savior King who came for us. We pray that you would take these gifts and pray for the ministry outreaches of the New Life Center and the Ark in Wisconsin, and that they would be greatly blessed uh, in, in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And this evening we have uh, a special treat. Uh, the Quanbeck family will be uh, sharing special music, and I think they came from just not all four corners of the United States. Pretty darn close to come and uh, to sing and share in special music this evening. So.
5: World. walk in the light beautiful light come where the dew of mercy shine bright shine all around us by day and by night Jesus Shine bright Shine all around us By day and by night Jesus, the light of the world Jesus, the light of Jesus, the light of Jesus, the light of
6: you all here this Christmas Eve for this candlelight service and to worship our Lord Jesus who is the light of the world. Would you say that you're expecting an ordinary or an extraordinary Christmas at your house this year? Several things in our house are pretty ordinary or typical for this time of year. We do have a Christmas tree up a little earlier than usual even. Uh, a few presents under it. Uh, there's been lots of baking going on, and we plan our traditional uh, Christmas Eve submarine sandwiches, uh, just like we have. Uh, Jean and I have ever since our first uh, Christmas married. And there's a story behind that, like there's stories behind your uh, Christmas traditions as well. Uh, we'll have a big Christmas meal someday when the rest of the family shows up. Um, that's the way it's been done for years. Uh, however, for us, what... what was ordinary uh, is becoming extraordinary because our family is scattered as pastor ryan mentioned uh, this year they're coming from six different states and we just have one to go um, it's the first time we've been able to be together in a couple of years and, and uh, we're looking forward to an extraordinary christmas maybe some of you are in a similar boat uh, as your families grow and expand. So how about at your house, Uh, along with the ordinary Christmas things that you will have and you will do this year? um, Perhaps there are some things that will be extraordinary as well, some of them good, maybe some of them hard. Some of you will have some people missing around your table uh, because they live far away, or they're going to the other side of the family this Christmas. Others will maybe feel the void of someone that has left this earthly life in the last year or so, and you haven't really gotten used to that yet. Well, tonight, no matter what your family situation, I'd like to wish you an extraordinary Christmas as we reflect together on the Christmas story. It's already been read there in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, as we ponder then just what that means for you and I. And so let's just pause and pray before I I continue. Lord God, we just thank you for that Gospel message that that, uh, account in the Gospel of Luke that so clearly reveals to us uh, that amazing night when uh, the Son of God was born, a baby in a manger, and, and uh, came to this earth to be our Savior. And we ask, Lord, that uh, you would uh, speak to our hearts as we ponder those things again this, this evening. In Jesus' name, Amen the uh, facts of Jesus' birth and his life and death and the resurrection are really some of the most well-documented events in all of human history. And this is true partly due to the meticulous historical details that are recorded for us, for instance, in the Gospel of Luke and by the other Gospel authors as well. Um, the, the very familiar account we have in Luke 2 starts out with these words, in those days. And that is in some very specific days of human history. You see, one of Luke's goals in writing uh, this whole gospel was to give some very clear details about everything that occurred with Jesus and to root it firmly in recognized history so there wouldn't be anyone who could then realistically say later, well, you know, this never really even happened. It it was just a made-up story. has no connection to known human history. No, Instead, Luke starts out, if you look back in chapter 1, with an explanation concerning why he even wrote the whole gospel. And there he says, and I quote, It it seemed fitting for me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out for you in consecutive order, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the exact truth about the things you've been taught. And then he begins his account in chapter 1 by saying, in the days of Herod, the king of Judea. And he goes on to tell of how an angel then came to Zacharias the priest uh, in the temple and foretold then the birth of Zacharias' son, John the Baptist. And so then at the end of chapter 1, after telling more details about John the Baptist's birth and during the rule then of of Herod, the king of Judea, and how John would be a forerunner then of Jesus, then we get to chapter 2 and there it tells us more historical grounding of this here. And it says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Now, Who was Caesar Augustus? Well, he was the Roman emperor at the time. He was the adopted son of Julius Caesar, and other historical reliable sources tell us of how Caesar Augustus consolidated power after the assassination of Julius Caesar. And he then ruled basically a military dictatorship for, uh, until his Um, Death in 14 AD. And and we have all that documented in other sources. And and so Luke also tells us, then as he goes on here, in those days, includes then when Quirinius was governing Syria. And again, other historical sources confirm for us that Quirinius, though he wasn't officially declared governor yet, yet he had already become a a leader under uh, Caesar Augustus and was already governing, essentially, in, in Syria at the time that Herod ruled in Judea. And so we have those details that then fence us in, so it narrows it down to the timing of Jesus' birth to within about a four-year window. And so it's based on that clear information that most scholars have come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ was born around 4 BC, and that has rarely been disputed. And thus Luke tells us here, it came about in those days. What came about? He goes on to reveal... An extraordinary series of events that brought about that first Christmas. How was it that Mary and Joseph, being from Nazareth, which was in the northern part of Israel, um, ended up with Jesus born in Bethlehem about 70 miles south of there? When Gene and I had the privilege of going to Israel a few years ago, uh, one of the impressions left on my mind was what a significant journey that would have been for them. Um, both in distance and, and in altitude, uh, it would have been either, you see, they, they would have had to go about 70 miles right uh, through this trade route through Samaria, uh, which would have been the more difficult route because of the hills and mountains they would have had to cross there, or else they would have gone around and, and taken the 90-mile route um, down the Jordan River Valley, uh, which would then still have left them with this steep climb from Jericho up to Jerusalem. It it ascends about 3,500 feet over 16 miles through the Judean desert. Well, why this difficult trip for the two of them, with Mary being quite pregnant, was because Caesar Augustus had wanted a census and wanted to collect taxes and made a decree, everyone must go to their town of their birth. And that decree and the timing of it was extraordinary in itself. But scripture reveals to us several other extraordinary events that took place leading up to that first Christmas. Various prophecies had been made over hundreds of years pointing to a Messiah that God was going to send on the scene someday. Prophecies like we've already heard tonight about an extraordinary child that would be born through the bloodline of King David and how his reign would have no end. Prophecies that revealed to us that this one would be born Of a virgin. And we have then in the Gospel of Luke the account of an angel coming to Mary to reveal to her that she would be with child by the Holy Spirit of God. And Matthew records for us also then how an angel revealed that to Joseph as well. We could go on with other things, but I think those are enough to establish this was an extraordinary series of events that brought about that first Christmas. Events which Luke declares to be orchestrated by the hand of Almighty God. An extraordinary baby was born that night in in a very humble location. That humble location, because the town of Bethlehem was crowded with people there for the census, ended up being a a cattle barn of sorts. Um, We don't know for sure what it was, maybe even a cave. But regardless, it was not ordinary even then, for anyone to deliver a baby in a stable. um, But that was the place that this occurred that night. Well, just who was this baby that was born that night? The identity of that child really is something that the whole world needs yet to consider. Because according to Luke and all of the other New Testament writers, he was no ordinary child. Angels of God again were enlisted to reveal to some others besides Joseph and Mary the identity of this child. And those angels declared in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, that this one would be a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A a Savior, that is, one who rescues others from danger or death. This baby born that night was born with a purpose of saving others. He was Christ, that that is, the Messiah, the promised one, the one spoken of by the prophets for those hundreds of years. This long-awaited one had arrived at last, And do you grasp this? From Genesis to Malachi in the Old Testament, over 4,000 years of promises made by God that one day the Messiah would come, and now, now at last, he was here. Well, who was this promised Messiah and Savior? The angel message that night declares that he was different from anyone that ever entered human history before or after, because he was no mere human Savior he was the Lord of the universe. They said, for today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. In the book of Colossians we're told about that one, that he is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation, for by him and all all things were created both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The one in charge of it all came to us as a human baby in a manger that night. That's extraordinary. And the extraordinary messengers then first heralded this news of the birth to some very ordinary recipients. And I've already referenced angels a couple times tonight because, you see, they're all over the Christmas story. Uh, If you don't believe in angels, then for you this story really falls apart. Angels are God's messengers to humans for extraordinary purposes. And the coming of the Christ child to the world is, is, you see, the pivotal point in all of human history. And and so, as I already mentioned, God employed angels to announce to Mary that she would be the mother of the Son of God and to assure Joseph that was True, And now God used angels then to spread the news of this extraordinary birth to this very ordinary segment of humanity, the lowly shepherds. Can't get much more ordinary than these guys. Far from being elite or wealthy of society, they were uneducated lower class of society, but not too low or too unimportant for God to send angels to, which should encourage us all, I think, when we maybe sometimes feel unimportant or wonder If God cares about us, or when we feel fearful due to the circumstances in our lives or in the world around us. Though the message of the angels to the lowly shepherds that night was most extraordinary, and it still is tonight. It was this, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. There's good news for you and I tonight as there was for those lowly shepherds, because the angel said it was good news of great joy for who? For all people. The message was, for today, this specific day in human history, in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, there's been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So why did the shepherds, why why do you and I, why do all people need a Savior? Well, the Bible reveals to us that ever since Adam and Eve rebelled against God in the Garden of Eden. Mankind has been bent on disobedience to our creator God. It tells us in Romans that all of us have sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us that lives up to God's perfect standard. Isaiah 53 tells us all we like sheep have gone astray. We've each turned to our own way. But it goes on to tell us, but the Lord has laid on him, that's the Messiah, laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, the Christmas message of a baby in a manger at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke here isn't complete without going to the end of the Gospel of Luke, where that Savior born for you and I was crucified on the cross. We sang in the Christmas carol, and Ryan referenced it in prayer here tonight as well, uh, in that hymn, What Child is This? Why lies he in this mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christians fear for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. The message of good news of great joy is for all sinners. That is for all who know that they're sinners, who, who feel the pressing weight of guilt of their sin against God and man. For them there is full forgiveness available in this newborn Savior. If we will only humble ourselves, admit our sins, our rebellion against our Creator, He offers us, his own son, to be our Savior, Christ the Lord. Pastor Ryan's going to be sharing from the Gospel of John tomorrow, where it tells us this, but as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. You see, this gift is offered to all, but it must be received personally by each. There's a story of a family that was rather poor. Parents uh, we both out of work, and, and uh, they couldn't give much for Christmas presents. And, and the children knew that and didn't expect much for Christmas. Parents did manage to give each child one small present, and, and some neighbors stopped by with some gifts of food and a few other simple things. And, and so after that simple meal, they opened the little presents, and then the Christmas celebration was over. And the next day, it was back to looking for work and figuring out how to survive the rest of the winter. But that next day, one of the children was playing with the wrapping paper when he found an envelope with a large check inside written out to that family. And there it was, this check that represented the beginning of a better life for that family and it had almost been overlooked. As as you go through the motions of giving and receiving gifts this Christmas, make sure that you don't miss the most extraordinary Christmas gift that's been given to you. One that can change the rest of your life. That that can free you from the guilt of all of your sins and secure eternal destiny for you. And if you have received this gift and and you know the joy of your sins forgiven and a relationship with God restored and, and, and eternal destiny that's secure then then recognize that is too good to keep to yourself. And so notice one last point here tonight. That extraordinary message was spread from Bethlehem in a very ordinary way, by word of mouth. We're told about the shepherds. When they'd seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. Can't you just picture these lowly shepherds, um, kind of the fringe people of society, just bursting with this story to tell anybody that would listen? What they had experienced personally they couldn't keep to themselves. They had seen the promised Messiah. And you know, this is still the primary way that God spreads his extraordinary message of a Savior for sinners. When we experience something personally, we want to pass it on to others. And so don't underestimate the impact that your personal testimony might make on someone else. You know, we can tend to think, you know, communication is so advanced these days. Boy, with technology, you can talk to somebody, a total stranger even, on the other side of the world and even see them on a screen. But you know our world is crying out for real relationships. And so as you know the peace and joy of Christmas and the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ, Don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on to someone else. And I hope that you have an extraordinary Christmas and that each of you know the Savior personally and you do what you can to point him to others or others to him. Let us pray. Lord God, we just thank you for your word tonight and how you have reminded us of uh, this great gift that you've given us. Lord, each of us know our own lives. We know ourselves. We know the struggles we have. We know the temptations we've uh, given into at times and the sin that is there. And we thank you that, that you tell us in your word that there's forgiveness of all sin. There's eternal life promised in Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we, we relish that tonight. We thank you for that gift that you've given us. And Lord, we pray that you would use us to help to spread that, that others too would know the hope that we have in Jesus. That we'd pass on the light that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've come to the point in our service here where we get to light candles. We do this traditionally to remind each other that Jesus is the light of the world and and as we do so we, we do it passing it on um, one at a time to somebody else um, reminding us as well that uh, that is what we've been called to do to pass on the hope that we have in Jesus to others and, and so I will be lighting a candle here first the ushers will be coming up the aisle and, and then it will spread it down the rows and then get to the end and, and go to the side ones as well And as we do, we'll be singing together both Silent Night and then the next song is is the birthday of a king. You can extinguish your candles, the lights will come back on. Please just uh, hang on to those candles and, and deposit them in the basket in the back as, as you leave tonight. I invite you to stand for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wish you all a Merry Christmas and God's blessings as you gather with family and friends. We'll close by singing Joy to the World.